0: Loving God is an example that children need today. Parents who have devoted their lives to serving Christ is one of the greatest gifts. In fact, it is the greatest gift that you could give your child. Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Now, notice it doesn't say, unless we ask the Lord to help us build the house. It's, unless the Lord builds the house... You can actually commit your family to the building craftsmanship of God to cause your family to be all that, it, that he's destined it to be. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise up early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Notice their use of the word vain. There's a way that we can just live our lives that really, when it's all said and done, we've missed the greater purposes of God, the greater, greatest joys of God, the greatest reason why we're here, and that's to know God and to serve him. And everything else, when it's all said and done, is just passing. It's temporal. It doesn't last. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Now, you know what a quiver is. It's a place where you put arrows in. And Josh is doing quite well. He's on number two. And when his, I don't know how full his quiver will get, but the Bible says, Blessed is the man who has a full quiver. Because children are a heritage of the Lord. They're a gift from God. And they're like arrows, you know, in in a warrior. In other words, the great battles of life, your children participate in, in them and can actually be a blessing in helping you to win sometimes the struggles that are there. We know that Satan tries to destroy kids, tries to destroy families. He's here to destroy people. And your children could be raised up to be arrows that... Go against the trends of society, the trends that aren't so good and cause so much damage. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame. And when they contend with their opponents in court, in other words, your children, when you dedicate them to God and you set for them an example, they in turn become arrows in a world where there's a lot of battle, where they win. And you can rejoice in that. So children are a heritage of the Lord. And the Bible speaks about grandparents. And we have one grandparent here this morning for uh, Grayson, and that's um, Lillian. And Lillian, this scripture is for you. Proverbs 17, verse 6. Children's children. Are a crown to the aged. Now that last part doesn't apply to you, you're not that old yet. But children's children are a crown to the aged. And parents are the pride of their children. Wow. So as grandparents, we we just take a look at our, our grandchildren and they become a crown to us. It's like a fulfillment of all that life has been about as we see them in our grandchildren, as God brings them into the world. Years ago, a woman by the name of Hannah brought her child to the Lord. And in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 26, it says, As surely as you live, my Lord... I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. And that's what dedication is. Dedication is about parents dedicating themselves to God and offering the child that has been given them as a gift from God back to the Lord for the Lord's purposes to be worked out in that child's life. For his whole life he will be given over to the Lord, Hannah said, and he worshipped the Lord there. Jesus was brought to the temple for dedication. In Luke chapter 2, verse 22, we read, When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him, that is Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Baby dedications. I I love baby dedications. It's just so wonderful to hold a baby uh, in your arms. When you're as old as I am and uh, our grandchildren are all grown and we don't really have the opportunity to do that very often. And I get to do that twice more, uh, three times. Actually, three dedications in the offing. Wow. Um, We just have to wait for them to be born and uh, actually one is born, and we're going to have a dedication uh, two weeks from this morning. What's the difference between dedication and baptism? And that's a question that people have sometimes. In, In the scriptures that we read this morning, Hannah brought her child Samuel to be presented to the Lord, and Joseph and Mary brought their child Jesus to present him to the Lord. Now, Jesus set an example of being dedicated to the Lord for the purposes of God in his life. And dedication is primarily an act of the parents. It's really the parents that are dedicating themselves in dedicating their child to the Lord. But then when Jesus grew up and he was, became a man, then he himself was baptized by John. So dedication is an act of the parents. Baptism is an act of the child once that child has grown and is able to make their own commitment to the Lord. I'm going to give you a story this morning. It's a a wonderful story. I won't be really long, maybe 10 minutes or so. Um, But it's from John's Gospel, chapter 3. And this is specially dedicated to those who are being baptized today. And it gives you just a little insight as to what is really taking place. And if you haven't been baptized, if you haven't said yes to Jesus and followed through with water baptism, then you might want to consider that today. It says there was a Pharisee, that's a religious leader, uh, very, very... Um, strict religious leader who followed all the laws of the Old Testament. He was a man named Nicodemus who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. So not only was he a Pharisee, a religious leader, he was also a political leader, a civic leader. He was part of the ruling council. And he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, which means teacher, So he recognized in Jesus there was something special about this man. He said, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. So he, he's coming into, he had seen the miracles of Jesus. Uh, people who were blind get healed and people who were uh, lame walk and, and uh, deaf that could hear. And, and, and the fame of Jesus has spread all through the land. And so he said, we, only, only someone sent from God could do these things. And uh, Jesus replied. Very truly, so he's emphasizing this, he's saying, Nicodemus, all the things you've learned as a religious leader, as a political leader, all the things that you've practiced and believed in, they they were those things were true, but there's something missing. And it's the most important thing of all. And so, very truly, this is the most important truth, in other words. No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. A- and there's a uh, an expression that those who've experienced what Jesus was talking about know exactly what it is know how it transforms a person's life how it changes you from who you were to someone who is new you want to look the same you're still from the same family and everything but there's something that's happened on the inside you're born again and 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 the response, how can someone be born when they are old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. It seemed like a ridiculous thing that Jesus had said. How, how, do you, how are you born again? So Nicodemus understood being born as something that was physical, natural, being born as a baby into a family. And, and how could you be born again? You only get to be born once. And Jesus said, very truly, I say, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of the Spirit. Now, water refers to baptism and all that baptism represents. So, water baptism is a physical response to the invitation of Jesus to accept him as Savior and Lord and to change their life. And to be born of the Spirit is the supernatural power of God that comes into a person's life to give them a brand new life. Wow. Water and the Spirit. You see, there's a spiritual need in all of us. That spiritual need comes because of something called sin that separated us from God. And the Bible tells us all have sinned, and we've come short of the purposes for which God has created us. We've come short of the glory of God. And we live in a life that, uh, a life in a world that, as, as we read in the baby dedication, it's, it's unless the Lord builds the house, they that labor, labor in vain. There are so many things that just really leave us empty. It's a world that is broken. It's a world that is wounded. There's a world that is full of, of, of pain and sorrow. And it's all because of the human tendency to not honor God, but to go our own way. And the Bible tells us that all of us, like sheep, have gone astray. We've sought our own way. We've kept God out of our lives. That's the human condition. But there is an invitation of the gospel. and That's what Jesus was giving to Nicodemus. He was saying, Nicodemus, you're successful. You're a ruler. You've had all kinds of religious training. You've been raised in the temple. You understand the Torah, the Old Testament. But there's something missing, something that none of those things can provide for you. As good as they are, they must lead you to a personal relationship with God through the born again experience, that is made possible by the Spirit of God bringing Jesus into your life. If you're born again this morning, just take a minute to give the Lord a praise offering, and thank Him for what He's done. <laughs> wow! You you know you can't really explain this. You. you can give out the words that Jesus gave, but it's a spiritual awakening. It's it's the Holy Spirit who comes into a person's heart and and reveals who Jesus is. And he's here today to awaken your consciousness to the possibilities of what it means to have a new birth experience, to become a child of God in a way that you could never otherwise be. And so... Jesus said, "Flesh gives birth to flesh." So now he goes back to talking about uh, natural birth. He says, "You're born." Nicodemus, you're right. In one sense, you're, you're born because of parents, father and mother. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. Well, we're all here in the flesh, so we've all been, we've all met that first part. We all have a mom and a dad. But the spirit gives birth to spirit. See, the Bible tells us that because of sin, we are dead spiritually. In Romans, it says, you who were dead have been made alive. You've been quickened. Something has happened to you. You've been changed. Your spirit has been, that once was dead, now becomes alive. And you say, well, your spirit is dead? Well, well, yeah. The the life of, and and people try to fill that spiritual void with all different kinds of things. But Jesus said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. You can't find the new birth experience, true relationship with God by going here or going there. There is no other way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so there's an exclusivity to Jesus. And it's an important thing to understand that, that He is the only way. And Jesus said, the wind blows wherever it pleases. And you hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it is going. And so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. You see, we're all different, we're all unique. Every day the wind blows. It blows from a little different direction, a little different velocity. Uh, just so many things that are characteristic of the wind. Sometimes it's laden with moisture, and there's rain, and it can be a storm. It can be a hurricane. The wind, the wind just comes and the wind goes, and we can't really tell. Yeah, we, we have all of the meteorological information today that they didn't have in the Bible times. But even then, you can. The wind is its own. It belongs to itself. No one can direct what happens to it. And so is the spiritual birth. God comes into your life, and he sees you as a unique individual, as a person who is different than everybody else, even though we're all the same. We all have the same spiritual needs. We're all sinners who fall short of the glory of God. And yet each one is precious and unique and, and different in their own right. And God comes to us specially as a purpose for us. He has a calling on our lives that's unique, it's individual, it's special. And gently he brings the wind of his spirit, the the breath of God himself, into our hearts. And he speaks, I love you. I died for you. I, I gave my life for you. I want, I I invite you to accept me as Savior and Lord of your life and to begin a journey with me as fresh and new as little Grayson experienced on July 8th when he was born into this world. And that is the invitation of the gospel. We have a communion service prepared this morning. And the communion is... In preparation of the baptisms that are going to take place later on uh, at 1 o'clock down at Caribou Beach, I'm going to ask the servants if they would come forward and distribute the emblems and the worship team if you would come. And as these emblems are passed out, if you've never given your life to Christ, you've never been born again, I'm going to invite you to take these emblems the bread that represents the body of Jesus and the wine that represents his blood, and say, yes, Jesus, I believe. And there's absolutely nothing to prevent you from being baptized today, if you want to be. If you're here this morning and you didn't come to the baptismal class or you didn't you didn't uh, tell us in advance that you wanted to be baptized, don't let that stop you. Come and see Marlene at the end of the service or myself or... Joanne or uh, someone, and just say, "I'd like to be baptized," and we'll include you in that very special service that takes place down at Caribou Beach at one o'clock. They tell me that the water is warm and the sharks are friendly, and uh, no sharks. But it's there's something about the vastness of the ocean and just One person standing there at the water being baptized. And it's like God is so great, so big, beyond what we can see or imagine. And yet he invites us to enter in and to experience him, to be born again, and have that difference take place in our lives that Jesus spoke of to Nicodemus.